What's up, everybody? We're back. Muscle Orchestra number two. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tanner, and I'm joined by the always lovely, always 100, Chris. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I am <laughs> I am keeping it 100 today. We, uh, you know, and a lot of people think you named it the Chris 100 because, oh, you want to see the top 100 wrestlers. But it's you really named it the Chris 100 because you are always keeping it 100. Because let's be honest, there's like 800 wrestlers on the list. Way more true. than 100. Yeah, there were you know, a little, little under 800. Uh, I was going to ask you, and we didn't even go over this before we started recording. What, how, what did you think of the, the rollout? Did the, the list kind of roll out how you expected it to? Or I don't know if you want to get into actual like list. Yeah, I can, I can get into uh, some of the, some of the details about uh, Chris 100 uh, rollout. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I mentioned it at the tail end of episode one. Uh, the Chris 100 is the wrestler of the year pool that I run. I kind of uh, took the reins from our good friend Sam Concrete at Concrete 1992 uh, from his uh, list that he was doing, uh, the WDKW100. Uh, and he wasn't really interested in doing that anymore, so I kind of took the reins because I love making lists. Uh, and so we had almost 50 people submit. Uh, and it was, yes, yeah, 770... Uh, different wrestlers made at least one ballot. Uh, and I mean, uh, the results, I, I always figured that Moxley was winning it this year. Yeah. Uh, he kind of just came out running and never dropped the ball. Yeah. And then especially like, uh, with, with Punk having his injuries and then brawl out. Uh, Punk probably would have been like the biggest contender against Moxley, and like that kind of eliminated him because Moxley had like the full year and he worked a million matches, a bunch like like against a bunch of people and a lot of great matches. Um, not not a ton of surprises. Very AEW heavy at the top. Uh, Danielson, Darby, Punk, Moxley, uh, at at the very top. A lot of tag teams uh, were big this year. Both members of the Acclaimed made the top twenty. Uh, Swerve made the top ten, while Keith Lee was in the top twenty-five. And obviously, they had their tag run before breaking up. So a lot of a lot of like. What got them on the list was their tag work. The Briscoes, uh, both ranked very high. FTR, both in the top ten. Uh, like Lucha, Lucha Brothers, like lots of lots of tag team workers, uh, ranking very high this year. Young Bucks obviously always do well on a list like this, but yeah. So I mean, 
this is definitely uh, probably AEW's biggest win. Uh, every every worker in the top ten worked, I would say, primarily for a Tony Khan promotion. Obviously, the late Jay Briscoe uh, never worked AEW, but he like a lot of his resume was built on those FTR matches in Ring of Honor, which are yeah. all great. Uh, obviously, he had a lot of good work in GCW and House of Glory and whatever other indies, too. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but New Japan had a lot of, like, wrestlers. Big year for Okada. Will Ospreay, who the voters have not liked in the past, ranked in the top 50. Do you think that's more because kind of people outside of our circle finding the list or just people in our circle? No, uh, I, I know. Yeah, I know for a fact that it was prime. Like it was a lot of people in our circles kind of having like a change of heart on Osprey. Obviously, yeah. there are things he, gained he 40 does. Pounds. Yeah, <laughs> there are things he does that are still annoying to like a lot of people in our kind of circles of wrestling, Twitter, wrestling, internet. Uh, but I think he focused a lot about like what is more in might be more endearing about him to like someone approaching wrestling from our angles, like bumping like a freak, uh, focusing a lot on like, like the cooler, like the more brutal parts of his offense rather than like goofy super superhero Marvel pose stuff. Yeah, you're obviously talking about Hidden Blade, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the best moving wrestler. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, yeah, I was, I was wondering because re- reading the list, there was some. I don't want to say shocking, but some like position. First of all, I was shocked that I was the high vote on Sami Zayn. Completely fucking took me out of it. But (laughs) I think the funniest singular result, I don't remember who voted on it. You may know off the top of your head was a QT Marshall making somebody's top five. Yeah, because he's I mean, he is a phenomenal TV worker. And like. I've. I wish I could have found a. I just didn't watch enough dark last year is pretty much what it comes down to. And that's like 95% of QT's case. Yeah. A lot of, uh, the Chris, Chris 100 voters love QT Marshall. Uh, he also had some really good work on, uh, new Japan strong last year. Uh, like he had a, he had a really good match, uh, with Shota Umanao on strong. So, yeah, he's been he's been pretty fun this year from what I've seen. Yeah, he's I I always love to see him. That, we uh, we love QTV. <laughs> I I haven't watched Dynamite in like 3 weeks, so I've completely I don't even know what the QTV he, cuz he's like managing Hobbs now, right? Yeah, he's managing Hobbs and also he's doing QTV, which uh have you seen uh have you seen Popstar? Yeah. I uh, QTV is the TMZ bit from Popstar, 
but with QT Marshall and Powerhouse Hobbs and Aaron Solo. Sure. <laughs> I didn't even. So is that all that's like under the. So it's, he doesn't even do the factory now. There's just QT. The factory is disbanded. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a sad moment. And they didn't even like have an angle. They just kind of quietly disbanded in a QT Marshall tweet. Damn. <laughs> what what's happened to our favorite uh monster factory wrestler nick camarado mr freak beast yeah what, well, what, what's he doing uh he's still working dark i i have no idea what his next direction is i hope i hope bigger and better things i hope he uh challenges uh i hope he beats mjf for the title well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the obvious conclusion. They should. And I guess they Tony has kind of done it that the the TNT title has just been like all hosses and then Darby for like the better part of six months. Yeah. Tony should bring all these big guys he has on because he had, I mean, there's a ton of like pretty beefy dudes that just exclusively work like dark or dark ev- uh, elevation. The TNT title should just be that. Either that or just make a, a big man title. But also maybe have Darby in the division for some reason. The AEW equivalent of the Progress Atlas title? Is that what you, <laughs> you're saying you want? I think I'm suggesting the AEW version are we, of the Progress of the Atlas Proggers? <laughs> we gotta get... Oh, shit. What's the dude that ran Progress's name? The main guy that always did the annoying... Uh, Jim Smallman? Yeah, and always did the fucking monologue. 20-minute promo? The One of my least favorite... Okay, so when I went to WrestleMania weekend in 2017, I guess it would have been. Yeah, 17. In 2017, uh, I went to the Progress show they did in Orlando, and which was already running like an hour late. Uh, I'm sure if you were around during this time, you remember this. But, uh... Not only was it 20 minutes late, the crowd gets like a, a Jim Smallman monologue before the show starts. And it's like, okay, great. And keep at this point, it's like day two or three of my trip, and I'm like dehydrated because I have no idea how to take care of myself because I'm like freshly turned 21, and I'm in a state by myself for the first time ever. And so I'm like deeply dehydrated. Uh, Jim Smallman cuts a monologue, seriously like 20 or 25 minutes long, before the show starts. And then the show starts. Motherfucker hits the ring. And cuts another monologue. For like the live stream audience. That was just like. The best of version. Of the monologue he just cut. For the live that's, crowd. Oh that's terrible. It was awful. It was like 40 minutes of him talking. And then. Hate that dude. We get <laughs> some. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you the card. For that show. But it was like. <laughs> Not great. Probably my least favorite show, or second least favorite show of the weekend, because that Beyond Midnight show they also ran, uh, where everybody just went up to the bleachers and took a nap, because we had all bought tickets for it, but we're like, fuck this. And then the card wasn't good. Um, Yeah. <laughs> That's my WrestleMania story. Just thought I should fit that in there, talking about progress. Yeah, sometimes you gotta talk the grass. I mean... <laughs> God, I, they they're still around, right? They're like they're still, they're still actively... running. They're still running shows. Jesus, Every, I... everyone who like everyone who is like famous 
from their like initial run is either with WWE and or got canceled. Yeah. Uh, but they're still running. That's insane to me. <laughs> like, who are they running with? Who, I know, I know, Cara left? Noir is still around. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, still doing the same gimmick. Uh, I think I saw that he like is working in a different gimmick under maybe it might be his shoot name. Oh shit, that sounds horrendous. Because uh, let me tell you, I I tend I try not to watch wrestling. I know I'm gonna hate, but uh. It was a few years ago. It was that six, whatever sixteen carat he made a deep run in, or maybe even fucking one. I don't remember. Uh, was some of the most dog shit stuff I've ever seen. Like the tournament itself was pretty decent, but Jesus Christ, I can't believe like that is the wrestler a whole fucking continent got behind. Because at one point, I believe. Now that I think about it, I think they did win sixteen carat, but was also progress world champ. So it was just like every show in fucking Europe was main evented by Kara Narar, and it was it was horrendous. Yeah, that's that's not what you want. No, no. But talking about WrestleMania for a second before we get into our little list of matches we have to talk about today, I was going to ask you, Chris, uh, because as this is released, WrestleMania weekend starts like tomorrow. I guess technically, I don't think there's any shows on Wednesday. There probably is, but I don't remember. Uh, there, I believe there are there, a uh, VXS, a promotion that technically we will will be talking we'll about be covering. today, uh, is running a show. Um, but I was going to ask you: Is there any particular matches that actually have your interest? Because I mean, there are a lot of shows this upcoming weekend, but it's not near as much as like the peak of Mania weekend. I mean, there are a bunch of shows. Half of them are run by uh, Circle Six. Circle Six. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's some interesting stuff. It's probably just because of like the state of the indies and wrestling and whatever. It's not like like it's not it's not in the best shape it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, obviously there's still still a bunch of shows happening. Um I'm probably the best card on paper is for me at least is the Gringo Loco show uh that GCW's running. Uh that's got Psycho Clown versus Gringo Loco. Uh, it's got Ciclope and Miedo Extremo versus Bestia and Damian. Laredo Kid versus Vikingo. Negro Casas versus Tony Deppen. There's a trios. Like, all in all, like a really good card. Uh, Ring of Honor looks great. Ring of, like, somebody posted a screenshot of, like, the Ring of Honor card earlier in the week. And, like, I've just been tuned out for a couple of weeks, like, with vacation and everything. And, like, I'm looking at the card, and they're running Claudio Eddie, Shibata's fucking wrestling. Uh, yeah, uh, it's Wheeler Yuta, but, I mean, it doesn't matter who Shibata wrestles. Like, yeah, I mean, he, it's still going to be pretty good. 
uh, Athena and uh, Sakazaki, Sakazaki, which should fucking rock. Uh, the tag team ladder match looks really freaking good. God, uh, Mar- oh, Mark Briscoe versus Samoa Joe, which will probably rule. It's like, what? <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> like, they run, like, t- they run like the Honor Club ROH TV show for a month, and Tony cooks up a fucking stellar car. Yeah, there's Vikingo versus Commander. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, I didn't. And like, even even the Brian Cage match has Ar Fox in it. So yeah, and I've heard that Blake Christian is watchable in this current trio form. So I I have not seen any of his trios matches so i can't attest but i mean i'll i'll watch ar fox yeah like, i'll watch ar fox in any match but uh yeah and then like wrestlemania itself looks like half decent yeah i'm i mean i'm definitely interested i'm assuming cody is going to be the one that finally uh, takes the belt off reins. It seems what they've been trying to build up to. It it definitely seems like that is the goal here. Is Cody beating Roman just based off of kind of what they're doing with all the bloodline stuff right now? Anyways, like it seems like it's breaking at the cracks. Chris, I don't know if you watched the two hour video of the story of the bloodline thus far because I didn't, I did I did but... not. Uh... <laughs> um. But just from what I've watched, which I've watched, I've actually watched two WWE shows this year, which is like two more than I did all of last year, I think. But um, it, it seems like that's where they're going, especially with Roman kind of parking into that part-timer role. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing Roman wants to do movies. Um, so I, I assume he, he's soon to be off the main stage. Um, as far as the full-time performer goes. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Cody seems like the guy you're going to give it to here. I, I don't know. I don't, I honestly don't know who else in that company that they could. Well, there, there was, there was one person, but well, they, uh, they didn't yes. do it. Yes. They didn't uh, do it. Yeah. They, they didn't do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, having, Sami Zayn winning in Montreal would have been great. Um, or Rey Mysterio beating him three years ago would have been cool too. Um, but yeah. So I, I I don't know, like uh but I'm I'm interested in how Brock versus Amas will be. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very interested how that goes. I I love Brock. I haven't been huge on him the past few years. And it's always weird when he's wrestling like another big guy mm-hmm. because you don't know if it's going to be like a solid sprint where he's giving effort or if he's just going to sandbag. Yep. Which like are you, both entertaining in their own way, but <laughs> yeah, like you, you have no idea if you're getting like, is this going to be Brock versus Goldberg or is this going to be Brock versus Braun? Yeah. Which again, both fun in their own way, but one vastly superior to the other. Yeah, one is like one of the best like five minute matches ever. Yeah. Bro- Brock Goldberg still may be the best match I've ever seen live. Great uh, hell of a match. 
yeah, I mean, it's fucking phenomenal. Um, I, I really, I think Omos is so big that Brock is really going to want to show what he can do with yeah. somebody that big. Because, I mean, I mean, like, obviously he's worked, like, you know, Big Paul before. But, I, fuck, is Omos taller than Big Show? I, he, I don't know. He looks I'm... like it. Like, when he, like, when him and Brock did, like, the face, by, or the face-to-face, Omos looks more tall than Brock than Big Show ever did. I, I don't know, but he's fucking huge either way. Yeah. So I really hope Brock just, like, really wants to show his strength, and hopefully this is a cool showcase for Omos. And then there's, like, 12 other matches <laughs> that, I, like, I, I like that they're doing it two nights now, but I don't know... I don't know if they can keep up two nights. Yeah. Like, I really feel like eventually that well is going to run dry where you are just not going to be able to get those people back in a major stadium two nights in a row. I'm interested to see how, I mean, LA is obviously fucking huge, but like next year's in Philly. I, I don't know if that works as well in Philadelphia as it does in LA. LA seems like one of the only places you can do it in. Um, really so i'm interested to see like if they continue going on with two nights um versus one and i, I honestly don't know which one i prefer i think i would just prefer a one night saturday wrestlemania which is probably not what we're ever going to get but you know they didn't ask me yeah i i don't know cuz like those last those last few like one night manias were real slogs. Oh yeah, as somebody that has sat in a stadium for a one night WrestleMania, I mean it's fucking rough, <laughs> especially when over half of it is not great, um, or good even. But you know that yeah, I mean you kind of go for like oh I've been to WrestleMania, it's kind of like going to the Super Bowl even if it's a yeah, shame. you kind of you know you fucking do it. Um, but yeah, so. Like, I think, like, the Lucha show looks really good. ROH looks really good. I'm always interested in Bloodsport, even though it's not, like, proper shoot style, per se. But, like, it's still yeah, I'm different always, than anything else on the American Indies. I'm always down to watch, like, the Moxley Bloodsport matches. He always brings it. Yeah. Uh, Barnett is working Thatcher. Yeah, which will be their last match together was really good. Uh, um, Ibushi. Ibushi versus Speedball. Yeah, which will... Speedball is working uh, Ibushi, Tanahashi, and Eerie all on the same night. I, Thursday. Like, just back to back to back. So I'm really excited. And speaking of Speedball versus Tanahashi, the Impact Multiverse show looks pretty good. Um. All things considered, because they were going to run Speedball versus Osprey, but Osprey's hurt, so Tanahashi stepped in for Osprey, which I think Tanahashi Speedball is a much more interesting match, just because we've seen Speedball Osprey before multiple times. Um, fuck, they're running like Suzuki Kenta, which would probably be at least halfway decent. They have a really good looking uh four way tag. What else is on that card? I it was, it was it was good stuff. It was a lot of good stuff that I was actually pretty impressed them pulling together oh pco and uh jr kratos is going to be on opposite sides of the ring so that will probably be yeah. really fucking cool 
but yeah, so, I mean, decent stuff if you know where to look. Like I said, if you're one of the freaks out there that's going to try to watch every show, God bless you, because there is some shit um, out there. But uh, if you know, if you if you're a pick and chooser, uh, you'll probably find a lot of pretty decent stuff to watch over the next couple of days. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm no longer that freak that uh, is going to try watching everything like I wa- once was. Yeah, especially just... because I think I work. Yeah, I work like every day of Mania week, like weekend proper. Yeah. So it's just going to be like picking and choosing the the matches from like the day before when I watch stuff. Yeah, I do hate that. Like one of the shows I want to sit down and actually watch is. Bloodsport, which I believe starts at like 4 p.m. Thursday. I'm like, great, that's an excellent time. Just, I mean, I, I, they've always done that. Mania Weekend has done that for almost a decade now. But I'm just like, fuck. I'm like, you know, I can't. It was a lot easier when I was in college to be like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to go to class Friday. I'm just going to watch wrestling for four fucking days. Yep. Can't do that now. Uh, be like, hey, work. I'm just not going to come in. Um, fucking Barnett and Thatcher just went crazy, and I'm fucking high on wrestling right now, so I'm going to not answer my phone for three days, and I'm about to strap the fuck in. Uh, like, it just doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry, boss. Can't come in today. I'm watching uh, Mama Kogar's Delicate Flowers. <laughs> so, so I, I don't, I don't even really get what Circle Six is. And I don't even know if this is the, what, when we should talk about it, but because it's kind of like a hype brand, is it not? Is it an actual wrestling promotion? It's a it's a wrestling promotion. It was. I there like are one? people in our circles that will actually know the lore behind it. Okay, but I just know that a lot of like Circle Six's beginnings like involved a lot of people who were fed up in GCW. Oh, okay. Have have they always been like the a West Coast thing? Uh yes, they I mean they've run shows in like Ohio and Detroit uh and like some other states, but they run a lot in California. Interesting. I'm just like I saw it and just cuz I follow them on Twitter. I followed them recently. And, like, just looking at, like, the way they do their graphics and, like, the fact that they're running, like, 12 shows in the next three days, but all the shows are only, like, an hour. I'm like, is this a real wrestling promotion or is this a company trying to sell merch that also runs wrestling? Are you are you asking if this is black Blackcraft wrestling? I, no, but because unfortunately it is not. No, but like so right here, March thirty first, eleven p.m. They're running Murder Mania Deathmatch, and it says Deathmatch Art Part Deathmatch Hyphen Art Hyphen Party, and they're running Dominic De Niro, who I don't know who it is. Versus, uh, Juicy... Juicy Fino? Fino, yeah. 
which looks good, but like, is that whole show just the one match? Is that how they're running like twelve shows? Is they're just running like one match per show? I see. I see on cage match at least another match is listed. Oh well, I was just curious, like, because I feel like I didn't really have, and this could be just because I checked out of you know wrestling stuff for the most part for the last like two years, but. <laughs> it just felt like to me, it was like, okay, here's this company that's kind of came out of nowhere, and it kind of seemed like money laundering, I guess. They're putting twelve shows. I mean, I mean, it's wrestling. It's, yeah, I mean, uh, it probably all, is money all laundering. Of, all, all of the promotions we've talked about are money laundering fronts. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I was just interested in, in that. It just seemed like a brand that's like, yeah, we occasionally run wrestling matches, but also. Look at this sick fucking print that we only made 50 of. Come by. <laughs> well, speaking of wrestling, you want to talk about some of these matches we got? Yeah, yeah. Half an hour in. Yeah, half, uh, half hour in. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, You want to go I... chronological order? That, that sounds fair. Okay. So uh, let's let's go a little crony order here. So uh, we should mention, yes, it is the end of March. Chris and I have attempted to do this episode. What? Like fucking four times? Yes. So we have. Yes, what? this is a very cursed episode. Uh, tornadoes. Corn- blizzards, tornadoes, blizzards. What? What else? I think your power went uh, like a non-blizzard related power outage. Yes. I mean, it's been something trying to record this. So the matches we have on our list, one of these are from January, and then five of them are from February. So hopefully with a proper recording of an episode three, we can kind of catch up because we do. We don't just want to talk about current wrestling. We do eventually want to talk about some old shit um, for sure. So hopefully barring any thing crazy we might yeah. actually put an episode out in april too don't, more don't more natural about. disasters yeah barring which april is like prime tornado season in alabama i don't know if you expect any i don't fucking crazy weather events in your <laughs> neck of the woods but i mean it's the end of march but we got like the other day we still got nine inches of snow in milwaukee so i i don't discount anything yeah good lord that's that's nuts i don't think there has been nine inches of snow where I live since I've been alive. And I'm 27. If there's been nine inches, it's been barely. Uh, but let's talk about some wrestling. Starting with uh, a match from an unlisted show. I don't want to say unlisted. It just doesn't have a name. Uh, the promotion is CM. I assume it's probably... Lucha Libre CM. Yeah, Lucha Libre or Lucha Libra CM? Is it Libra? I have Libra. I could have just typoed it, but I have Libra on my spreadsheet, which is why I ask. I think I think it's Libre. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what the CM possibly stands for. No. Uh, uh, I would love for it to be Punk's shadow promotion in fucking Mexico, but I don't think it is. CM, CM loves... Uh, CM Punk loves the pigs. Yeah, I could see Punk being a fan of the pigs. So the match we're talking about is 
Pig Destroyer, Pig Destructor, and Pig Pool versus Atomic Star. Oh fuck! <laughs> For Zero Junior and Demonio Infernal uh, from January 29th. Uh, first of all, this is only this is one of two pig matches from this day. Uh, yeah, and it came down. We really were torn between picking this match. I just want to mention the match from the Halcon Lucha First Anniversary Show. It would have been extremely hard for Chris and I to talk about is what we came up with besides saying, yeah, this is fucking cool because it's literally a guy with a cell phone following nine guys beating the shit out of each other for a half hour. It's, it's fucking awesome, and I honestly think it's the better match, but as far as talking about it, and this match has like one of my favorite spots of the year, uh, the match we're about to talk about. Um, But yeah, it's just, uh, Chris, obviously we're both huge fans of the pigs. Uh. For my money, it's and this is not ironically probably the best team in wrestling currently, the most consistently good, at least from what I think is good wrestling. Yeah, if you if you're into like bloody, like bloody brawls, if you're into like people like walking and brawling and doing crazy shit around the arena and bleeding buckets. Um, like these guys are doing it better than basically anyone. So like, if you, if you're the kind of person that, uh, a few years ago was really into like the Wotan versus Fishman feud or, uh, always loves checking in on like LA park matches every now and then, uh, like I, I know, I know. Uh, at another spammer, John has been uh, preaching about the pigs for quite some time, and I'm finally listening to his gospel. I've, I've loved, uh, I've loved Demonio Infernal and Fresero Junior and Atomic Star for a while, but like yeah. seeing, seeing them with like perfect opponents in these brawls is awesome yeah because for those that don't know there's we the pigs they're it's just dudes in pig mask they all go by this pig destructor pig destroyer pig pool what, what's the other pig like desenterador yeah desenterador is that it or is there a fifth pig? uh and there is also pig decapitator yeah yeah, pig decapitator. But they're all g- good. But pig destroyer is definitely like the star of the group. Yeah, if- pig destroyer is like pig destroyer is the one that's going to be in every match. Yeah, and pig destroyer is working a gimmick where he's a pig, but he's also the Joker. Uh, not a bit. <laughs> And there's just something so entertaining about just seeing this gigantic human beat the shit because every luchador he wrestles is like way smaller than him. He's just a big, he's pretty tall, but he's probably like 400 pounds and he's again, fucking tall. And he just punches, he rips masks, he makes people bleed. But it's so funny too, because depending on, because like, these guys wrestled probably like three times a weekend 
And a lot of their matches, you just have to fucking know where to look on YouTube to find them. And yeah, de- depending on what part of Mexico they're in, they're either like, fuck you, we hate the pigs, blah, blah, blah. Or they're like the biggest baby faces, but they do the same act. Like yeah. nothing changes. It's just, are we booing the pigs or are we cheering the pigs? And this match in particular takes place in what I can only describe as a fucking banquet hall. Yeah, it's a banquet. Like it's a, <laughs> it's a banquet hall. Like it looks like right before the, the uh, like the wrestling show started, a wedding reception happened like yeah. an hour before. And there's tables out with yeah. white tablecloths on them. Like I've never seen a uh, a venue in Mexico look like this ever. And, like a like a real dinner and a show vibe to see. Uh, yeah, because there's people sitting at the tables, and yeah. some of them are eating. And it's so sick. And I mean, like, it's, it's like some of the wildest, wildest vibes you'll see at a wrestling show. Uh, it's it's like the first time you see like the Zona Twenty Three Junkyard. Yeah. It's like you're you're just seeing this like deathmatch brawl happen in a banquet hall. And like an actual like obviously wrestling has taken place in like banquet halls, but like one that's set up like a banquet hall. Like you, you could convince me that this match took place as part of somebody's wedding and they just booked this match for their wedding, because that's what it looks like. Like there's people, there's People are eating, people are, you know, like, and there's families at the table, but then, like, these guys are bleeding, and there's one particular spot in the match where, I don't remember which pig it was, I assume it was Destroyer, probably, um, picks up a whole table, white tablecloth intact, with people's food on it, fucking dumps it, and just chunks the table at, I don't remember who it was. Uh, but it is just so sick because like pr- prior to this, like they, it kind of is a little different than a normal pig match. Cause they actually start with entering stuff first and you're like, Oh, okay. Because it's in a banquet hall it's going to be a little bit more tame, but no, they go hog wild. Yeah. Ha. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't even do that. I, listen, that's just how my brain works. That's how, that's what the gene, that's what I'm cooking with. Yeah, because because you are for for maybe maybe a minute be, because it does break down pretty pretty quickly. You're just like, okay, are they even allowed at this venue to like use like the tables and stuff? Because they're like they're not like your normal wrestling tables. They're they are like circular banquet tables. Yeah, these are circular banquet gimmick tables. the same way. Yeah. Man, but I mean, it's just, I I think, and we could have put pretty much any pig match from this year in this spot, but I think this one has the most memorable spot of all of their matches this year with, with the throne table. I highly recommend seeking this one out, but if like, if this like wets your whistle for the pigs, you're like, oh, those guys are pretty cool. You're, you, there's a whole bunch of matches you gotta watch from them this year because yeah, there's there's more stuff uh, with uh, uh, Negocio Tromado. Uh, they've done some matches with uh, Los Del Rancho, uh, which is like 
Capo del Nor- Norte and Capo del Sur. They did uh, a match with uh, Maximo and like the Los Bravos or Los Brazos. I need to. I sick? need to see if this has made a tape yet. They just had a match with uh, Los Diabolicos. Which I'm sure is awesome. Uh, and the thing is, like with most of their matches, they are taped. So you're, it's kind of like playing the waiting game with them. Yeah, um, and you just have to figure out if the match uh, is on Hector Godfrey TV or on Estrella's Del Ring or like yeah. what, or Mas Lucha or like. It might be on all of them, but it might be different camera angles because these are just people filming from their phones. But like, and then also how they're titled because sometimes they're just there is not titled like pigs versus whatever. Sometimes like it's a whole title, and you really just got to zoom in on the fucking thumbnail and be like, I see the pigs, and this is about as long as one of their matches would probably be. And you click on it and you get pretty lucky. Yeah, they had a match with a. Uh, uh, Parata Morgan and all of his kids, uh, which ruled. Actually, I think they had a whole feud in IWRG with them. I actually think they were building towards Destructor and a Parata Morgan singles match. I don't know if it ever happened. If it's happened yet, this was the end of February, the way I'm talking about. So I don't know if they ever had a singles match. But uh, yeah, can't go wrong with the pigs in any capacity. But this particular match is just really cool. And on the shorter side of their matches, because they, they tend to go maybe 20, 25 minutes. This is probably like mm, 14, 15. If that, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just, it's it's really cool. Like I said, if you're into like the whole, if, if you enjoy your old luchadors walking and brawling, you're really going to like this because they they're they're great bases so they can take all your dives um they occasionally dive themselves it's it's just it's good stuff i highly recommend watching the pigs yeah they're they're my favorite my favorite thing in wrestling right now uh, a lot of a lot of the promotions i'm normally watching i'm kind of like like some of them, the booking, I'm kind of whatever on from week to week. But I like pull up a indie lucha YouTube page and see like uh, that pig destroyer or pig like any like any one of these guys is in a match, and I know I'm probably getting something with at least a crazy uh, like some crazy spot or someone does an insane blade job. So. Always worth checking it out. Yeah, we definitely need Moxley working the pigs by the end of the year. Oh, absolutely. Tony's <laughs> got to make the call. Yeah, t- yeah. T- Tony's got to make the fucking call and fly the pigs in. Uh, it can be any of them. Let's see. So we're going to go in chronological order here. Up next, we have a match from DDT into the fight 2023. In Osaka, Toy Kojima versus Yuki Ishida. Uh, so I wanted to talk about this match because this was a part. Uh, DDT started the year doing like a essentially their young boy 
round robin tournament. Uh, they DDT right now has a ton of like super young wrestlers, some trainees that are all like pretty decent, um, to good actually. So they decided just to throw them all in a in a round robin, uh, two blocks. And this to me was the best match of the whole little tournament. Uh, but you really can't go wrong watching anything from the tournament, uh, for my money's worth. You just so Toy Kojima is currently like sided with uh Takeshita's group, 37 Kamina, which is like Mal, uh Yuki Ueno, uh Shuma Katsumata, and then uh Takeshita and then Toy Kojima. And then Yuki Ishida is with uh Higuchi, who uh will just lost the title. And uh, Hari Mao and all them. And Toy Kojima, you know, he has a good chop. He He's really still finding his offense. But Yuki Ishida, who I really wanted to talk about, works like a... It's like if somebody with the size and stature of, like, Tomohiro Ishii decided to exclusively okay. just work like a sumo-based moveset. Which fucking rules. Like, he does judo throws he does your sumo strikes um he can bump like a motherfucker uh pretty like great uh there's a one particular cell not in this match where like yuji hino gets him in like a reverse like swinging dragon sleeper and his whole body just goes limp and it looks rad he to me is like what i if i could build a professional wrestler that is how I would build him because yeah, any, yeah, he is a he is a tanner ass wrestler. Yeah, like just <laughs> any any wrestler that is utilizing fucking palm strikes in twenty twenty three, I'm instantly gonna love anyways. But with him being able, and this is really the first time we've got to see him be a little bit of a bully because he's working guys both younger than him and smaller than him for once. Mm-hmm. So he, like with Kojima, he's able to like throw Kojima around and essentially just fill. He's pretty much working as Higuchi Jr., um, which is really sick. Which, by the way, he also has a match with Higuchi from January that fucking rules. You should watch that as well. But this is just it's a great showcase for both Kojima and Ishida, but especially Ishida because he doesn't give as much shine as Kojima does because Kojima again is in like the number one fucking faction in DDT and he's consistently like in the center of their shit like it's not like he's the young boy whereas Yuki Ishida sometimes gets lost in the shuffle he he feels like the clear number four in the group where Kojima yeah. doesn't feel like number five in his group, even though he technically is. It's, just, it's whatever. But the match itself is great. They really put together, for as little as experience, there's probably maybe three years combined experience between the two. I like, uh, I'm pulling that number out of my ass, but that seems correct. Um, I'm trying to see. So Yuki Ishida debuted. At the end of 2021, and also a really cool thing is that uh, all these like current DDT guys are getting trained by Akiyama, so that just 
helps their stock in my in my yeah opinion. i mean akiyama is one of the goats yeah like getting trained by somebody that and like the just the variety of what kind of wrestlers all these like young guys in ddt right now like uh takeshi masada for instance like works a totally different style but they're they've all been trained by akiyama yeah and kojima debuted at the end of debuted december 27th 2020 so he's been wrestling for about two years so yeah three years of experience between the two also trained by june akiyama uh so it's just really cool right now that i feel like the current crop of rookies in japan whether you're looking at new japan which we'll actually talk about in a uh, a second uh ddt and Dragon Gate specifically all have just like great groups of young guys right now that like yeah. as long as they don't get too fucked up like going <laughs> on excursion like I feel like in five years it's going to be really really exciting to see how they all progress especially Dragon Gate because Dragon Gate isn't afraid to like just immediately push a younger talent and they have some excellent young talent right now um but as well as the Young Lions in New Japan, and like I said, the this I mean, DDT pretty much ran their own Young Lions Cup, and it fucking rules. Like you can't go wrong watching any of the matches. They have literal like DDT has two literal teenagers like working gimmicks right now, and they're both good. I think they're like sixteen, and yeah, like, the- it, it's scary to think how good they already are. And in ten years, they're only going to be twenty six years old, and. I mean, just like Takeshita, he debuted at like 18 or 17. I mean, that's one of the things that always kind of gets me about like uh, Kaito and Noah Mm -hmm. is he's he's 26. Yeah, he's younger than both of us. (laughs) He's younger than us. And like he's already like an established ace of a promotion. And uh, like, but also just as how much experience he already has under his belt too yeah i mean like he's been wrestling for what seven years now seven yeah seven eight years yeah it's kind of like you used to only hear about wrestlers starting that young really in mexico was like i mean i i remember the first like big example was when andrade originally signed with wb he was like 29 but they were like he's been wrestling for 16 years and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Kind of that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of luchadors start yeah. so, like so young. Yeah, and you get that, you know, and like, uh, it happens in Joji too. Like, uh, Rio has been wrestling for fucking ever, and she's like twenty something. So, it, I mean, it definitely happens. But like now, you, I mean, you have like established names in promotions being like young twenties. Like Takeshita's not thirty yet, and like he he pretty much ascended DDT, and that's why he's working AEW so much. And it's just kind of cool that there's just so many. I mean, don't get me wrong. And Chris, I know we both love our old wrestlers. We love our old, you know, love the elderly. But yeah, I, I respect my elders. There, there's something really reassuring about there being. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some dog shit young wrestlers right now like like that are absolutely fucking atrocious but it really is reassuring how many young wrestlers there are that are really fucking good right now absolutely like like you said like especially maybe maybe not as much in 
like the US, but like Japan in particular, you see like who's on the top right now, uh, and also who like the past like the current rookies and the past few like rookie classes and people who are starting to come back from excursion. And like you look at someone like Great Ocon, for example, I think I mean I think we talked about him a lot last episode. Uh but like him and Master Watto uh just being as good as they are uh after their excursion and like you see you see so many like super young guys in new japan uh like Redden, ren narita and yuya uemura uh jinta miyawaki and noah has been around for a while but he's really he's actually like getting pushed bigger now yeah uh, and having like more title matches and stuff and he's he's been really good lately yeah inamura and noah's another one that i mean he i mean he's a little bit older but is like a rookie and i believe still in his 20s maybe like 28 or 29 but pretty much like the prototype of like big hossy wrestler and he, i mean he's just good I, I wish he would get a kaido-esque push just because he just seems i mean he's what i again i like i like inamura a lot he is a very punished wrestler yeah like he very cursed like fuck i feel like he only got his first like win over a non-rookie like two years ago maybe like i I, like i distinctly remember when it happened because he pinned like uh yuko miyamoto in like a tag match uh and, but like, yeah, he's extremely cursed. <laughs> this is, is essentially um, him getting injured and missing a significant amount of time. I guess kind of hurt him too. But I really wish somebody would get behind him because anytime I see him mixing it up with anybody, I'm just like, yes, this is this is what I want. Let's see here. Uh, you ready to move on to our next match? Yeah. Let's see. All right. So this is Big Japan. The Big Cheers Saikyu Tag League Final. We have Abdullah Kobayashi and Daiju Wakamatsu versus Masashi Takeda and Takumi Tsukamoto, uh, Crazy Lovers. Uh, This was the, uh, again, like I said, the final of their tag league. So Big Japan does this weird thing where one of the blocks of their tag league is normal straight up wrestling the other block of their tag league is just deathmatch and then they meet in the finals but they do the classic like semi-final like what the g1 used to do where it's like for their semi-final you get a1 versus b2 and b1 versus a2 and it just so happens both teams from a death the deathmatch block won so we get this like deathmatch final which for my money's worth uh is amazing <laughs> like i really didn't think especially kobayashi like has been slowing down a lot we i yeah. think we talked about this uh on the last episode a bunch of like these deathmatch guys that kind of carried the 2010s are definitely just like slowing down 
and I didn't think Kobayashi had like this type of like amazing performance in him. Uh, and don't get me wrong, everybody in this match rules, but like Kobayashi just actively surprised me. Yeah, I how great she was. I have not watched a ton of Big Japan in the past few years. Um, just like if I've if I've wanted to watch Japanese death matches, I feel like Freedoms has been better at scratching that itch for me. Yeah, uh, so I tend to watch Freedoms or like if I see like an interesting looking indie death match somewhere, like I'll check that out. But uh, like I I was really surprised by how much I liked this. I've never seen. Or I, I think I've seen Daiju Wakamatsu on like a, a Freedoms undercard or two. Um, so I, but this was like my best look at him yet. And I, I came across impressed. He's another very young guy. Um, yep. And obviously Takeda is one of like Takeda and Abby are two of the best ever. Uh, and Tsukamoto is no slouch either. And just the way I'd, Big Japan probably is right now the quote unquote biggest promotion that's the hardest to watch just because I don't think many people are subscribing as well, at least here are subscribing to Big Japan core, which is like Big Japan streaming service, but also and for whatever fucking reason Big Japan just doesn't get uploaded to any of the usual places. Yeah. Like if we're being completely honest, like it the, the the sites you use to watch most of your wrestling is the uploaders are not uploading Big, Big Japan. I don't know if that's because they're actively copywriting stuff cuz I feel like a few years ago that was not the case. Uh that Big yeah, Japan I, shows did show up on these I felt on these sites. like a few years ago it feel, felt like Big Japan was always like super easy like yeah like it always felt like the shows were going up like right away compared to some of like like we're we're, we're watching like freedoms pretty quickly after after yeah, I mean, we're watching wherever. freedoms like within the day after they air and that was uh, that was always some like a show you would have to like hunt down yeah. a freedoms show. Yeah, unless it was like the big Christmas show. Yeah. yeah, you always had to hunt down freedoms, and now it's kind of seemed like they've swapped. Where outside of like your big like Yokohama show or whatever the fuck Big Japan decides to run, it is like damn near impossible to um, again unless you pay for this streaming service, which you know just. Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people don't even know Big Japan has their own dedicated streaming service. Um, especially people that are just casually interested in like the Japanese scene as a whole. You probably don't fucking know that. Um, and it's just impossible to find, which I feel like <laughs> is also, and it happened during COVID, right? Where Big Japan and Freedoms kind of swap, uh, like accessibility, I guess. But everything I've seen from Big Japan this year rules. And I don't know if you saw, Chris. 
Uh, I did. I know. I know exactly the news that you're Big going Japan to drop is bringing on in Madman Pondo. Pondo is back in the house, so I think Big Japan might be back. Yeah, I think I'm thinking Big Japan may be back. I hope they put him in there with just every motherfucker. I let him run a gauntlet. I don't care. But if there's one thing Big Japan needs to get back on the map, Madman Pondo. Yes, yeah, Madman Pondo and some Looney Tunes ass wrestling. And I saw that today, and people were like, oh my god, why are they wasting money bringing in Madman Pondo? Which I can't imagine just how the, f- A, how the fuck this even happens. Where somebody at the Big Japan booking office is like, fuck, we gotta bring back Pondo. That, like, that's the only thing. Like, Big Japan doesn't strike me as a promotion that has a ton of money. So... Yeah, like... Like, obviously... Like the last like four Drew, they bought in ended up living in the country for three years. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say obviously like Drew Parker has been a huge part of the promotion, but like when what was the last guy outside of Drew Parker that Big Japan flew in? I'm Chris. I think it was Walter. It, it had to have been. Like they bu- bought in Walter for a tag in like 2017. And that had to be the last time. And then before that, I'm thinking it's when they bought in like Bad Bones and like Sammy Callahan. But Big Japan has does not bring in foreigners a ton now. Yeah. Like, anyways, so just the fact that, and I feel like, like I also saw that they're bringing in Necro Butcher, but I don't know if I believe that one. I don't know if that yeah, was more I of mean, a scoop or legit. But the Big Japan English account definitely said they're bringing in Madman Pondo, which just seems. It I mean, seems awesome. Yeah, but at the same time, it's a little confusing. Had like Jimmy Lloyd and like people like that work the occasional show, but that's because GCW is tour. Yeah. yeah, and they're work like they're working. Those guys are working all of the like deathmatch promotions. Yeah, so like specifically flying in Madman Pondo is so good. Yeah, like I. It, it's- it makes no fucking sense. It makes all the sense in the world. They want Big Japan wants to be back. And so Big, they need that Madman Pondo feeling. Big Japan saw what Noah did in the Tokyo Dome. Saw, you know, what what's possible and they're like, "Fuck. We need an old legend getting ready to go out on his own terms, doing it my way." <laughs> do you think do you think Madman Pondo. Pondo will headline a Tokyo Dome show? I, I think he could. And that's all I'm going to say. That is my answer to that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, Chris, here's a little hypothetical for you. If, if uh, Bye Bye Pondo Madman, uh, Final Love Tokyo Dome Friendship happens, say spring 2024, who does Madman Pondo go out <laughs> against? And not like, you know, he's not calling out fucking Zandig on commentary and saying, get in the ring, we're ending it up my way. Who does he have his last build match against in the Tokyo Dome? Yeah, because obviously, obviously, you you said uh, after the match, he calls Zandig in. Yeah. Uh, and, and they work like a minute and a half. Everybody goes four stars on it, on it. They love it. How can you not? But what's the actual build last match of Madman Pondo in the Tokyo Dome? Um. Jeez. 
It's a hard question. It's a it's a very hard question. I think it might I think it might once again have to be Tetsuya Naito. <laughs> you have to <laughs> Well yeah, why the fuck not, you know? <laughs> you you need to have uh another sto- like stalwart of the sport pass the torch to <laughs> the true ace of Japan. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I'm going to go. Chris, I don't know if you're familiar with the faction formerly known as Just Four Guys, now known as Just Five Guys. Oh, absolutely. We're going Madman Pondo versus Yoshinobu Kanamari. <laughs> I think, I think that is the. I think that is the match. I'm going. I'm going five on that match. I would. I don't need Let's, to see a second of it. I'm going five on that match. I so I'm already planning a trip to Japan next year. I would be willing to move my trip to see Madman Pondo versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru in the Tokyo Dome. That's you know that's what? The, that's the real forbidden door. That that is the forbidden door. It's like last year where like this the sneakily best match on the forbidden door card was Desperado and Kanemaru versus uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Yeah, that's a great match. Uh, yeah, it's a great match. Everybody should watch it. Uh, I actually think we were going to talk about it on the original first episode of this show, funnily enough. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would fly to Japan for that match. I, yeah, that... <laughs> It's, this match rules. I don't know how. I'm sorry we talked about Madman Pondo for 15 minutes. Kind of just seems like a prerequisite of the podcast, but he he is our guy. Yeah, Madman. When you think of wrestlers to describe Muscle Orchestra, I know we have this long kind of like storied history. Um, but you can't think Muscle Orchestra without thinking Madman Pondo. Yeah, it's Nakanishi. And it's Madman Pondo. Yeah, and third, fuck, we'll give it to all the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, this I mean, this match is legitimately great. Uh, they bleed a fuck ton. And yeah, there's a I, lot of light groups. <laughs> I wish we got, like, more camera angles. Yeah. Of it. That was, like, the one complaint. It would be nice to have some, like, closer like closer views of some of some of the blood because it there are some real crazy spots they take and like seeing some of that blood and a lit bit closer detail would have been sick yeah and also before we get off this match i want to mention that kobayashi and wakamatsu's finishing move is a double shoot headbutt uh, usually through light tubes. Just want to mention that it's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. That, that's all I got to say about about that match. Sorry, we were on Madman Pondo for 15 minutes, but I'm not going to apologize because that's why you listen to this show. Uh, speaking of shows, let's move on to, to our next match from Jimmy Lloyd's All Grown Up. And this was a GCW VXS uh, joint show. We have Mito Extremo versus Mike Bailey. Now, Chris, you suggested this match. and So I want you to kind of go in on your thought process on why this match was quote-unquote sneaky good. <laughs> I, I do love a sneaky good match. So, um, 
so GC GCW is a promotion. I'm not like I used to watch every single one of their shows top to bottom, and it's very much become a skim uh skim promotion for me. And mm-hmm. I almost completely skipped this promote uh skipped this show. But I like I saw that they ran Mike Bailey versus Miedo Extremo as a singles match. And Miedo Extremo has worked a lot of GCW shows. He he and Cyclope held the tag belts for literal years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At one point you like, thought GCW forgot they had tag belts. Exactly. Uh and so they've worked a lot of like matches and like he's had plenty of singles matches but it's usually in the context of like a death match tournament yeah but the thing about Miedo Extremo is he's one of the pre- like he is a premier death match worker in Mexico but he is also extremely good on the mat yep and so like this this was like a bit of inspired booking that like you don't always get from current GCW of putting Miedo Extremo in a singles match against someone uh like Speedball Mike Bailey who can like work a lucha style he can do the technical stuff he can like Miedo Extremo is a very good base. Uh, so Mike Bailey can do like all his crazy offense and look like a star and like really get it going for an 18 minute showcase match for a guy that like I've always thought was that I've always thought was underrated and a sneaky good worker in general. So him kind of Mike Bailey since he has been able to work the United States again is like one of is like the indie darling currently. Yeah, uh, I mean he's like I don't want to say going as having a career renaissance because he was so good before he you know got banned from the US and was good not in the US, but it just seems like he is having good matches, multiple good matches, weekly at this point. Between being on TV for Impact, pretty much working every fucking independent you can think of, and he's just yeah. I cited he it, is the darling. I cited it in the Chris One Hundred blurb I did of him, but I think he worked over forty print motions last year. Would not shock me in the slightest. Cause I mean, you, I mean, it's usually speedball is working like Thursday through Sunday. Like most of the time. And like promotions doesn't shock me in the slightest. And it wouldn't surprise me if he hits more than that this year. Yeah. And he is like looking great doing it. And like, we haven't had like that indie ace type since like, since really the NXT mass signings and especially since AEW, like, like you, 
you think of like Mike Bailey now, and he's kind of doing the same things that people were talking about, like Chris Hero and Zach Saber Jr. Uh, were mm-hmm. doing in like 2016. Yeah, that, yeah, I, that's pretty much the best way to describe it. And the thing is, because Speedball was pretty young into his career when he, you know, started really blowing up. I, those PWG shows where he really starts blowing up, ha- he has the fucking banger against Roddy, has a great match with uh, Drew Galloway um, and stuff like that. But he's really, I don't want to say hone his craft because that sounds so fucking bleh. But he, he's really like, he's really tightened up, I guess, um, is what I'm trying to say. He's a lot cleaner. Uh, has really leaned in more. Every time I watch Mike Bailey, I can't help to think, but uh, before he got banned from the U.S., they were going to have him work Lucha Underground, and his gimmick was going to be fucking a karate student who got dropped off at the wrong place. And he was just... That was going to be his whole gimmick. Uh, I, I don't know why, because it, obviously it never panned out, but it's just a, such a funny visual in my head. But anyways, uh, <laughs> Speedball has really kind of became, like Chris said, this indie ace the last, probably since the beginning of last year, um, with travel just being easier now. It wouldn't shock me if DDT brings him in again at some point this year, especially with just with everything going on. And talking about WrestleMania weekend earlier, I mean, he's fucking working. He He's like the guy at WrestleMania weekend this year. He's working. Yeah, I mean... He- like his current run really picked up last WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's and, almost like he reintroduced himself to like, Hey, by the way, if you haven't watched me in the last five years, I'm still really fucking good. <laughs> like, like last mania weekend, he worked a match with bandito, which is like the style of match they worked was like the real real spot fest ass spot fest mm-hmm. worked in a way that i 10 out of like almost 10 out of 10 times i hate like i like normally am predisposed to think the match that would worked in the way they worked it was dog shit but like, and I'm not a huge Bandito guy. I like there, there are other like ace types from Mexico that I like better. But like, I don't know what it was, but like, it was like one of the best those types of matches I've seen in a while. Like, yeah, they seem to bring out something about each other because they had a match in WXW a few years ago in 16 carat that was really really good i remember and i'm like you like i mean i don't get me wrong i like watching you know indie riffic spot fest if done correctly but like those are two guys that can do it correctly and yeah they they usually bring out the best in each other and yeah but i mean god like we talked about earlier speedball's working tanahashi he's working ibushi he's working uh viking go he's working eerie i mean that's just four but that's like if you ask anybody probably their five or ten most hype matches from wrestlemania weekend upcoming i guarantee you speedball is in 
at least one, but probably multiple of, of that top ten. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that Ibushi match. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that Ibushi match solely because. God, when was the last time Ibushi worked? Like two years ago? I like I I don't know. I was so tuned out of New Japan. Uh like as for like pandemic era crowds. But Ibushi hasn't worked in a bit, right? Yeah, he was uh he has not worked since uh the G one final in twenty twenty one. God, that is insanity. Yeah, I'm just looking at his cage match here real quick. Whew. That is... That's just nuts to me. Like, just... Man, okay. But, yeah. I Now, don't get me wrong. I Abushi's other match in America being against Joey Janela, I, I think that's capable of being pretty entertaining. But I don't know. I, I would have put him against someone else. I mean, I realize Joey is booking the show. But. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. And if, he, he always does go, like, extra hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. His. Janela's had some good ma- especially usually against, like, the Japanese guys he brings in. He he usually brings it, and but so, yeah, it should be good, but like, I would have loved some, I mean, I know he doesn't technically wrestle anymore, but, man, I wish this was last Mania weekend and we could have got, like, Ibushi Biff. Yeah, that would have been that would have been sick if that. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I realize in that scenario we sacrificed the Moxley match, which was fucking phenomenal. But man, just like the style, the styles both those guys work. Man, that'd have been something. But talking about Extremo Bailey, uh, so I actually had the chance to see uh, Extremo live uh, earlier this year, uh, teaming with Ciclope versus uh, God. Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver. I think they go by like the East West Express or something like that in in GCW. And I think what most impressed me about Extremo is like Chris said, like he is like this premier deathmatch guy. But so in Alabama, you can't bleed. Which, you know, you you kind of got to bleed in deathmatches. And they work like this no holds barred type match instead. And he's, I mean, he's excellent at at that style. Like, you know, he doesn't have, I mean, obviously carving people up is phenomenal, but he doesn't have to be carving people up. If he, I kind of like how we talked about the pigs earlier. He's really good at like that. I, I mean, I always associate it with indie Lucha, like style of just pretty much giving everybody a front row seat in a way, the way they go around the arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I mean, he's excellent and at, at that style. And, you know, like you already talked about here, him and Bailey going at each other on the mat. I wasn't even aware Extremo could go on the mat like that just because I've never seen him in any sort of setting where he was able to. So, I mean, that was really cool. And again, happened on a show that you wouldn't even expected it to happen on because, yeah, a random like Jimmy Lloyd branded show. Yeah. <laughs> like Jimmy Lloyd's like birthday bash show. That's like, oh, actually I am gonna book this extremely sick match. And it was it was very, very good. I highly recommend 
going out of your way to seek that one out, especially, you know, as we exit this first quarter of the year and like, you know, people are actually starting to put together resumes. Um, and with, you know, look at Speedball's resume already this year. I feel like this is like a nice feather in the cap and probably will be a match not a ton of people watch, but I definitely go out of your way to find it and watch it. Absolutely. All right. Up next, uh, I'm very excited to talk about this match. So happening. So Chris, I don't know if you've heard of this promotion called All Japan, but they've been doing some crazy shit this year. I I have I have heard of that uh particular promotion. So this show was called <laughs> All Japan Pro Wrestling Excite Series Day Two Pro Wrestling Day Mania X. And the match we're talking about here is Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito, the Voodoo Murders, versus Kosei Fujita, Ryoe Oiwa, and Yuto Nakashima. So we have pretty, your number one heel faction in all Japan with Suwama and the Saito brothers versus New Japan Young Lions. And yeah. this whole this whole show, so this is what confused me about this whole show, is that this whole show is not branded as such, but is essentially an all Japan versus New Japan show because you have this match. Uh, Shingo Takagi works Yuma and Zai, who is like going to be the next ace of all Japan. And then your main event is Kento Miyahara versus Yuji Nagata. Now, granted, I realize Nagata's been working all Japan for nearly a year at this point. Um, on and off. But I want to talk about this match, because this goes to my point we talked about earlier about the the current rookie class in in most Japanese promotions, but especially New Japan, are really good. Cause man, the these guys so obviously Suwama is like an all-time great in in my eyes. And the Saito brothers have improved um doing this current shtick. They are essentially just two big guys that do choke slams, uh, they throw you and they like club you over the head. I mean and big boots. Like what what more could you ask for in pro wrestling? But these three dudes show so much fire and, and this match goes like nine minutes something yeah it cool. goes it goes on a shocking amount of time considering considering like the basis of the match is like three big killers versus three young lions yeah and but so it not only has that dynamic but it also has the inter-promotional dynamic like i i thought because like I mean, this match is stiff, and the and the young lions bring it. I mean, they are hitting the shit out of them, and like, you know, yeah, they're getting they're, it right back. God, like all all three of these guys, these young lions are great. I especially love Oiwa; is phenomenal. We talked about him last time in the Bolton Oleg match, which is. Just like this three minute, mostly like very exhibition match. So like, like if you saw that and haven't seen a ton of him, well, he's he's going in this match. 
Yeah, and he and this is a obviously a completely different style of match. So you see him in a completely different setting than that Bolton Oleg match. And it, it was something about the the hate in this match. Like obviously you have the hate of the older guys hating the younger guys thinking these new guys are hot shit, but also just the interpromotional nature of it like just inherently makes for a really entertaining match i mean i thought this was great like on paper like i'm always going to watch a match like this yeah three three you want to see some you want to see some young lines get murked yeah like i'm always always going to watch a match like this but this is fun so like for star reference i went four stars on it um and i don't know man like and, and what's crazy is like I guess all Japan has kind of left the sour taste in everybody's mouth with, you know, I honestly, you know, Miyahara is the ace over there, but like how much more can you do with Kento at, at this point? And, but they have done some really interesting things this year, uh, booking wise and just matchmaking wise that like they bought in Yutaka Yoshi for a fucking random show. And he teams with, uh, Nagata and Anzai versus Suwama and the Saito brothers, and it also fucking rules. It's just shit like that. Like, they just bring in, like, these random dude, like, fucking Kojima is working the Champion Carnival. And, I, I don't know. It's just fun stuff like that. I feel like All Japan is just kind of in this place right now, pretty similar to where they were ten years ago. Uh, where they're just throwing everything on a wall and seeing what the hell is going to stick. So, but... I mean, this whole show, I think, is actually worth going out of your way to see because, like I said, it's a pretty fun show and almost everything, I think, besides maybe the top two matches on the card have, like, some sort of interpromotional stuff in it because, like, Minoru Suzuki is regularly working All Japan and stuff like that. Yeah, Yano's on... I'm looking at the card. Yano is here. Taguchi's here. Master Wado. More, uh, More rookies. Yeah, so... I recommend the whole card, but this match and the Miyahara Nagata match are like the two crown jewels of the show, in my opinion. Uh, I would actually take this match over Miyahara Nagata. It's just, you, you gotta watch it. There's only so much, you know, you can say about, oh, there's a lot of bad blood, but it, I mean, it's. If you. And this. They're not the same match, but just for comparison's sake, I'm gonna make the comparison. If you liked the short, like, nature of like Okada and Makabe versus uh Kaito and Inamura. You're gonna like this match. Obviously this match doesn't have the high point that match does, but it has the intensity and the hatred that that match does. Yeah. Uh in a much smaller controlled setting. And it, it's really cool and, and stuff like that. But like I said, obviously I'm a huge Suwama head anyways. I think he's one of the I... best wrestlers of the last twenty years. So I I'm not like the biggest current all Japan guy, but this like this and there's been a few matches that uh like in the build up to doing the show uh like we've had like a few different matches with like especially rookies working in all Japan uh and I've found myself very pleasantly surprised every time I've watched it. So it's like I've, yeah, I've kind of been on the outs with this 
company since like right before the pandemic and i'm starting to kind of see myself be like keeping tabs on it a lot more than i have been just because they are doing at least they are throwing a lot of stuff at the wall uh in a way that's really interesting uh to me i still need to watch the because i'm i'm a huge nasawa head and it's one of his final matches i need to watch that uh from like the excite series day one i need to watch the death match with onita and nosawa so okay so these are their champion carnival just talking about like this is the reason i think you should keep it at least an eye on all japan in, in the next month or two so here are their blocks for Champion Carnival. In block A, you have Yuma Aoyagi, Kento Miyahara, Yoshitatsu, uh, Yuki Han- or Ryuki Honda, who's like one of their trainees. He's really good. Um, they kind of gave him a pretty big push pretty quickly. You got T-Hawk working it. You got Jun Saito. Cyrus the Destroyer is back working the Champion Carnival. And I always Satoshi- forget he's in All Japan. He's in All Japan. And him and... Sh- uh, Shuji Ishikawa made it to the final of the uh, Real Tag League last year. Uh, and Satoshi Kojima. That is A block. B block <laughs> is Suwama, Shuji Ishikawa, uh, Shotaro Ashino, which if you don't know, he came from Wrestle 1 a few years ago. He's been in All Japan ever since. He, he, he's good. Uh, Takao Mori is working the carnival this year. He's taking the place of uh, Nomura because he's injured. Uh, Hokuto Amori, which is another like all Japan young guy, Ray Saito, Yuma Anzai, uh, who uh, again, who I think is the next ace of all Japan, and Manabu Soya, who is representing Noah, but just want him and Kino just won the tag belts. <laughs> yeah, so I like Soya a lot. Yeah, so it's just some weird mixture of guys. And and they're also running the junior tag battle uh league at the same time, and they have some fun teams in that as well. But uh, yeah, just kind of worth uh for the next may- maybe month, just looking at match results and being like, huh, that's weird. You know, Kojima working T Hawk, like it's gonna happen. So it's it's just weird stuff like that that you're kind of not like. Obviously, you like. This year in particular, we've gotten a lot of promotions working together, but All Japan kind of just wants to fucking play ball with everybody, and it's kind of like, I mean, uh, just in Champion Carnival, you got New Japan, you got Noah, you got Gleet, and you got All Japan, like, all in one tournament. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, it's it's cool watching a lot of, a lot more, like, crossover in recent years. Yeah, like especially like, I mean, part of it has like been out of kind of necessity, like in the pandemic, it was happening a lot. But even as like they're doing full capacity, no risk, like like no restriction shows, Mm -hmm. like seeing some of that continue is really cool. Yeah, like All Japan and Glee just ran like a joint show. Uh, like two weeks ago, I haven't had the chance to watch it yet, but I've heard I mean, really good things about. 
there is that big junior summit. Last, yeah, the the All Star Festival that uh, again <laughs> we we came up with this match listing probably like a month ago <laughs> for reference. But yeah, the the junior festival was really good. I mean, fuck, just watch Kijimuto's retirement show. I mean, it was awesome. And you have you know Noah versus All Japan, you know Kaito versus Okada. Tetsuya Naito finally taking the tour. <laughs> um, like he will do soon with Madman Pondo. It's just it it it's fun. Especially Japanese wrestling is a lot of fun right now because you do have a lot of these promotions doing different things. Um, uh, I mean, fuck, there's rumors about Noah talent working the G1 this year, which, you know, last time that happened was really, really you know, there hasn't been a better G1 in my opinion since. Uh, New Japan seems to be teasing that Danielson's coming over uh, in a couple of weeks. So, hell yeah. So, like, it's, it's a lot, especially in Japan right now. It's just a lot of exciting stuff, especially because it is easier for people to get into the country now. So, yeah. I, I feel like we're getting a lot of cool stuff uh, on the Japan scene that we haven't had, even before the pandemic in years but like the pandemic just also made longer where instead of like oh it's been two or three years since this happened it's been like six or seven uh but yeah i'm i'm very excited and this match is just like a little taste of what we can be getting uh with all these promotions willing to at least sort of play ball with each other that's it's good shit are you ready for our final match? I don't think anybody could guess what it is. No. I think we could is... even tell people what the show was. I don't think they would guess. Yeah, we're we're talking about the best the best match in my opinion from the show. I I think I agree. Uh we're talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling Battle in the Valley. Um which you don't know is where Mercedes Monet uh, you know, made her debut in ring debut. Uh, also ran Tanahashi versus Okada. It was a great show, top to bottom. One of one of the best shows of the year. There's a really good, uh, the Loser Leaves New Japan match. Uh, with yeah. Eddie Kingston and Jay White was Jay very White good. Was good. Uh, um, the Zack Saber match is good. Yep, but this match, I believe, is the crown jewel of the whole event. And obviously, we're talking about Homicide versus Tom Lawler. And what what's the exact gimmick? Was it filthy rules? Yeah, it is a filthy rules match. Oh man, Chris, t- take us through it because I think we both came to the conclusion at the same time that we had to talk about this match. Yeah. Um. So I think I think we were both really hyped on the show in general because yeah. the only the only match that I would even say is a s- skip on the show is uh. Like the normally I don't say this about the Motor City machine guns, but that's just kind of like your standard 10 minute tag. You've seen the Motor City machine guns work like no disrespect to West Coast wrecking crew, but you've seen like Shelly and Chris Saban kind of have this match in their sleep. Yeah. Uh, And it's still like it's a perfectly solid tag match. Yeah, it's just on one of the most loaded shows of the year. Um, but we were, we were both talking because I think both of us were hyped about this show 
Uh, and I think I saw that you had it in uh, your thread of best matches of the year. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, bro, I love this homicide versus Tom Lawler fight. It's so fucking good. Like, so the only way, so like homicide, obviously legend of the sport, uh, kind of works it kind of like how he's worked, you know, all of his hardcore sort of matches throughout the years. And then you have Tom Lawler, obviously MMA guy. And there's some crazy ass fucking spots in this match. Like just, and this obviously a loaded show. Like I'm, I don't think this match, unless you're a freak like Chris or I, people aren't going to remember this just because of like everything else that happened on the show. But man, like, talk about like, I I feel like this match has been deeply disrespected because yes. people are not talking like people aren't talking about it like at all. It, like immediately after the show, I came away. I was like, yes, I loved, um, Kyrie versus you know Mercedes. That yeah, was it's great a great match. it's a great match. Like all all the matches that we've talked about, like mentioned, are really good to even great like but i don't like, even normally like jay white and i thought that kingston match was really good but, but I, I came away I, watching this and people were like man this match was good this match was good and i was like yeah yeah and they're like and that's it and i'm like what we're, How we're, we're filthy tom yeah where, where's the filthy rules like i mean it was it, i mean it is at a weird point because it's like a middle of the show um, like it's definitely, I like it's weird. Like the, the way this card was structured, it's structured as if this is the cooldown match. But let me tell you, I was in my living room, popping my fucking shit for this match. Yeah, <laughs> like, I like I was watching this and uh, like in a group call, and we were losing it for for Tom Lawler. I will say, um, in general, the. The Chris 100 voter base appreciates Filthy Tom and the New Japan Strong in general. So, so there are some freaks that really love like Tom Lawler's like very, very odd brand of wrestling. Yeah. Like Filthy Rules is like kind of a blood, like it's, it's a no ropes match. Uh, but it's also a hardcore match. Uh, and it's just Lawler's an MMA guy, but he's working like he's working hard, hardcore. He's doing like Benoit spots. He's a freak. Lawler is he's, a certified fucking freak. He's got uh, like one of the biggest, it doesn't always work. But he's a he's always a guy that has ideas for what he wants to do in the ring and will try them. Yes. And wants to be different. And I really appreciate that because like he's obviously as like an MMA, like former MMA guy, he's got a really solid foundation for his offense. Mm -hmm. So I just appreciate not being. Not just kind of becoming one of 
the like obviously there are tons of great MMA like former MMA guys who transition into wrestling, but yeah, not just being pigeonholed into that and ha- just having this like weird big brained spin on being that guy. Yeah. No, it, you're. This has me curious because again, I didn't watch any New Japan for like two years. This makes me want to watch his G1 run from last year. It is. It's interesting. <laughs> like seeing him because I mean I typically enjoy Lawler quite a lot. Like uh, his match with Moxley last year, where Moxley somehow convinced him to bleed, even though Lawler said he would never bleed in a wrestling ring. Fucking rules. Um, but this match, I mean, it's. I mean, I, I want to say go into it with no expectations, but obviously Chris and I hyping it up here is kind of giving you an expectation. But if for some reason you watch this show not live and skip this match, you got to go back and watch this match. Yeah, it is. It is this. It's such a unique thing that really kind of brings the show together. Because like, like you've got like this show has the big big main event with the two with the two aces and Okada versus Tanahashi. You've got the big debut for Mercedes versus Kyrie and they're like going crazy. You've got the 15 minute Zack Saber Jr. match. You've got uh, your intense, like, Eddie Kingston brawl. You've got your really smartly worked Kenta, Fred Rosser. You've got that tag match. You've got an Atomico's uh, match that opens, which has some cool moments with some really good workers. But, like, I think I think having this weird-ass brawl uh, with, like, Homicide, probably his best performance I've seen from him in years. Oh, yeah. I, I would uh, say, and not to say that Homicide's been bad or anything in recent years. It's just, I mean, he's 46. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing this for fucking ever at this point. But yeah, this is definitely... God, I'm trying to think what would be the last Homicide match I would even put like close to this. and I'm drawing a blank. I, don't, I mean, I don't... It's been that long, but it, this match is like it's probably in like my top 15 for the year. Yeah, for sure. Like, it, I mean, it's just a true, a true sickos match. Like I definitely like, it's obviously not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but like, I just think more people, I think so much bigger stuff happened on this show that people skip this, especially those not watching live. Yeah. Like, you if really you didn't watch this live. Play. It's kind of, it's kind of just like, Oh, you know, I don't like, homicide maybe the last time you've seen homicide he was just kind of like working his match and the, like like it was a homic late career homicide maybe three stars match this is like he really brings it like the the driver into the door on the outside of the ring is nuts yeah it's just man it's so good and like <laughs> I can't say enough good things about this match. Just that I, I Chris said it best when he talked about like this is like the brain child of just like Tom Lawler being big brain and just 
doing all sorts of weird shit in his pro wrestling, you know, venture tenure, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like he does a bunch of weird shit all the time. Uh, but this is definitely up there and it, it pays off in dividends. Sometimes all of his stuff doesn't land as intended, but I don't see how this match could have been any better unless they both bled buckets, but, (laughs) but I mean, it, it, it was a new Japan strong show and they had, to. they didn't, weren't going to have time to clean the ring for the Zack Sabre junior match coming next i was surprised they did like the no ropes and stuff yeah considering like its placement on the card and everything but i mean it it really like helped maintain a unique atmosphere and all of it yep yeah definitely definitely check this one out i i mean i i would say rec- i recommend all of these matches obviously we recommend all these matches or else we wouldn't be talking about them but like this match in particular, th- well, this really and the Big Japan match, uh, probably two very underseen matches, and both firmly in my top fifteen of the whole year. Yeah, this of like, I also at least enjoyed to some extent everything. Like, uh, I didn't, I wasn't as big on the DDT or all Japan matches as you were, but I still like them. But like, uh, as far as recommendations the Homicide Filthy Tom match and the Porkitsa Extrema uh, Banquet Brawl yeah, uh, are definitely the two uh, I would recommend the hardest. Well, Chris, I I think we did it. I think that's, I yeah. think that's Muscle Ultra number two. I think we finally did it after months. We recorded months. a podcast. Yeah, Mother uh, Nature, Mother Nature couldn't stop us this time. Couldn't stop us this time, um, for sure. I'm, I'm super glad that we got because I really enjoy doing this. So I'm really glad we got to sit down and actually fucking do one again. Yeah, and it, I mean, it worked out at a great time because I, like I said, I just finished Chris 100 last week. Um, so I, I've got a lot. I've got a lot more energy to talk about wrestling because I'm not formatting blog posts all day. Yeah, you're not looking at a list of 776 wrestlers and just going, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not making sure that I did all of the tiebreakers right and triple checking everything. Yeah, like, I mean, I know know your work on that is appreciated because it is a huge undertaking especially at for a, a one man crew um so i know it's very appreciated and i only hope that was this the most um ballots you ever gotten for yes this uh this was a new record Damn. uh so next next year maybe we'll get 50 because i know i know there were some people uh that forgot about the deadline and didn't get it in in time yeah. there were some people in the past who have voted who just like didn't watch a ton of wrestling uh last year and are watching more this year. Yeah, it so. kind of seems like that's sort of the common sentiment this year, especially with I, I think a big part is, you know, crowds cheering can cheer in Japan again. And and plus like most of the promotions actually putting on like actively good stuff. I feel like there's a lot more people watching stuff this year as more so than any of the past three years yeah like there's there's definitely 
like even if like a promotion here or there is starting to slow down you see another one kind of picking up yep so there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff going around <sighs> yep and and hopefully when we come to you next month we'll have even more to tell you about i don't even know what kind of show we'll do next month who fucking knows we may finally do an old wrestling show <laughs> Yeah, I I'm open to open to anything. Uh, well, Chris, you got any plugs for us? Um, if you if you entirely missed the uh rollout, you can uh be the top twenty on my pinned tweet. I'm at Fight Haskins on Twitter. Uh, or you can go on forearmsmash50.blogspot.com. Uh, and see all all of my posts on the Chris 100. Uh, but other than that, yeah, follow at Fight Haskins. And I guess for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Tanner1495. Uh, as far as podcasting on this network goes, I recently put out me ranking 111 different foods and drinks. I ate and drank at Disney World. Uh, it's three hours <laughs> fucking long. You are a beast. Uh, yeah, I definitely beasted that shit. Uh, definitely go listen to that uh, on the AYCH main feed. Uh, also, we ate a lot of Easter candy a few weeks back. Go listen to that, too. And we have some cool shit coming up for you in the future. Uh, always listen to Backlog Boys. Our last episode, we did Game of the Year 2022. Talked about us going to Comic-Con. And some little general game chatter. We'll have another one of those for you in a couple of weeks. And two weeks, I think. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, we'll be talking about some games and stuff there, too. That's on this feed, the AYCH Extra feed. Uh, and you can follow AYCH Podcast. And, yeah, I think that's about it. Any any la words of wisdom to as, to prepare us for WrestleMania weekend, Chris? Um, I'm just really upset that uh, Hit Row got signed, re-signed to WWE, so they will not be making a WrestleMania uh, week experience memorable like they did last year in their banger match on GCW. Uh, shout out Top Dollar. Shout out Top Dollar. And with that, good night.